Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Nate, with my co-host, Josh. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm, I just finished a workout, and I'm going to go do another workout after this, because I'm crazy. And yeah, it's been a good day so far, man. I'm excited to talk tonight because we've got a lot of news to cover. And then I think we are finally getting the technical aspect of this podcasting thing down. So I'm really excited about that. But yeah, we got a lot of news to cover. So let's get right into this. Um, The big news coming out of this, we're recording this on a Tuesday night this week. Uh, The big news coming this week is the Captain Marvel trailer has just dropped for us. Um, hmm. I, I have thoughts about this. Josh, you go first. Um, <laughs> I think it's more telling that I don't have thought of thoughts on this. I, I saw it, it was a trailer and it showed us things. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's all I got, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it was cool that they hinted at some of the the story details, and it was nice to see the images that we got a couple weeks ago. But in move, but they're moving. I, I don't know. We didn't really see anything new, but really didn't see anything like old either. Uh, as honest, though, my one thought I think that did st- stick out to me, but not really in a good way was the opening section where she crashes through a blockbuster. And it's like, oh, I gotcha. So this is is a 90s movie, so we're just going to plug as much 90s stuff as we can. Got it. Okay, fine. I'm all for 90s nostalgia and two-eyed Samuel L. Jackson's, but I... It wasn't a bad trailer by any stretch of the imagination, but the first time I watched it, I was on my lunch break at work, and throughout the day I was thinking... Not a lot happened in that trailer. I must have not been paying attention or my connection not been good. Or maybe not. I wasn't yeah. focusing as much as I should. I go back and watch it. No, it's a lot of walking around and look how cool this looks. Except it's not really eye-catching visuals. It's a lot of just kind of shots of characters, but not necessarily characters doing anything. It was really yeah. bizarre. It's like they're kind of banking on... Look, we have Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. It's like, yes, that's awesome. I'm really excited to see how she's going to fix Infinity War. But um, what does she do? Yeah. And they do hint at it with uh, that one, like, maybe one second flash of her using her energy beams. And then towards the end of her, like, powering up. But there's, you're right, though, like, Okay, what did we look? I mean, I'm trying to think of another trailer that, like a first trailer that did this for us. And I almost want to say, I want to say the Captain, like the first, the very first Captain America trailer. See, that, I, I can't even remember that trailer at this point. I, the thing barely, is, but I get this feeling that, that that happened the same way. Cause I was like going into Captain America, I was like, all right, I guess, so, I guess we'll watch a movie, I guess. Yeah. This, so almost every Marvel movie or trailer especially has the money shot. Like some really cool takeaway shot from the trailer that gets everybody talking that they like freeze frame on. And this one, the one I've seen the most chatter of is Captain Marvel punching an old lady. 
That's the yeah. takeaway from this trailer? Okay, the old lady's a scroll. Cool. We got that there's scrolls in this movie, but what's the big awesome shot? What's the big cool take yeah. your breath away? This is why you have to see the movie shot. It was missing from yeah. this trailer. Yeah, and I, even like with the punching the old lady, yes, we as comic book fans know, who know that the scrolls are in this movie know that they're shapeshifters. So obviously that woman is a scroll. But for a casual Marvel movie-going audience, that's just Captain Marvel punching an old lady in the face. Which I'd like, actually be more interested in that than if she was a scroll. That would be amazing. I mean, I think... <laughs> well, it'd be really funny if they did a, a bait-and-switch. Mm. So, like, where, like, the scroll t- turns into that woman and is, like, taunting her or something. And then turns into into another person, and Mark Cap, the captain sees that woman and goes, "Hey, you! You did that thing!" and punches it in her face. Except it's not the scroll; it's the actual lady. I don't know. That'd be really funny. You could totally do something like that. But yeah, yeah. I got. I'm, yeah, I'm with you though. There was no like really good like money shot. And again, outside of like the really the only really cool parts to me that like told me anything about the uh, Captain Marvel was. The, the two shots of her using her powers. Mm-hmm. Like, out that, she's, it's, all right, we got her slow, slow motion walking down this hallway. Now, she's going to slow motion walk down this hallway, but with people. Like, it was, I don't know. It was, it was a trailer. Um, it's the first one. So, I'm going to give them a little grace. Because um, the first trailer, to me, doesn't always do what you want it to do it's more of just a hey guys the movie's coming this is some interesting stuff i guess yeah i completely agree of it i'm really excited for captain marvel i actually i really am this trailer doesn't make me any less excited it just doesn't get me more excited like a trailer should to me the best thing about these trailers is the de-aging effects that they use for both um nick fury and agent colson they look awesome they look a lot younger, but it doesn't look like hokey CGI to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm excited for this movie. This trailer just kind of underwhelmed me, which is actually kind of surprising for Marvel. Normally, they're really good with their trailers. Just this wasn't one of those amazing yeah. trailers to me. It felt like someone's trying to make a Gardens of the Galaxy with no Steve Gunn. Uh, uh, James Gunn? Gunn. Gunn? Yeah, well, I James mean... So basically, Guardians still, three. Yeah, that's that's what it felt. They're like, "Hey, let's take Captain Marvel, make it, put her in the '90s because period movies are cool, and that's that's our movie." Well, doesn't James Gunn do that with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Doesn't matter. We're doing it with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. So I'll hold reserve. I'll reserve judgment until later. Like you said, it's just the first trailer. I yeah, this. It wasn't the best trailer. It's also not the worst trailer I've seen. Um, we did get a really good trailer, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, this was yeah. not the only Marvel news to come out this week. Um, so dropping literally like 20 minutes before we hit record for this podcast, some news came out that Disney streaming service that's going to be coming out, uh, I believe it's going to be called Disney Go, I think was what it's called, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, they're going to have so to excited to have to pay that. for multiple streaming services. Hmm? I'm set up so excited to have to pay for multiple streaming services. Yeah, but 
I don't know. This one could be interesting, especially with this new original programming that they got, especially with some in the Marvel Universe. They are bringing back Loki and Scarlet Witch, both with Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen, for their own limited-run TV show series with both those characters. Uh, I think I've read that they're two separate shows. At least I would think so. Um, yeah, that'd be weird to combine them. Yeah, it'd, it'd be weird to combine them. I think they're two separate shows, I would believe. Um, reading this at first glance... I, my first question is, where is this set on the timeline? Because obviously some things happen with Infinity War that I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of these characters comes back. Yeah. But the other yeah. one, it, it's hard not to go into Infinity War spoilers, but um, it's hard for one of these characters to come back if they're truly gone. But that being said, both of these characters offer up a lot of storytelling possibilities, especially Loki, because he's been around for so long. I don't want it in the Marvel timeline, if that makes any sense. I would like to know what Thor was doing maybe 100 years before the events of the MCU because God's been around for a really long time. I think it'd be yeah. cool to have some, him interact with some other events in time. Yes, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm on board with that because really, like, to have an adventure with Loki, really just being, show us his mischievous side show us how like bad he actually is not just like this plucky anti-hero that that shows up from time to time and causes his brother some pain every now and then like you know what i mean like show us how bad he is because loki's a terrible person when it comes down to it in the comics so just like i would love for them if not to take some of the adventures from the comics do something completely new make like a five episode run and like, that's it. Like that would be awesome. And same thing with Scarlet. Like obvious, I feel almost like it would be too easy to do the origin story. And it's also something that I don't think really when we sit down to it, we don't want it. No. Want a store like crap. If anything, have her do some of the missions, her and Clint. Uh, talk about in the first Avengers movies, like have them together. That'd be an interesting they, they pairing. Have, yeah, because they have history. They they hint at it that they've worked together a lot, uh, you know, on many missions. And so why, clearly, why not? people want a Hawkeye movie or more Hawkeye in some capacity. If you pair him exactly. with somebody, I think that could really, really work. That's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of. I like that. But yeah, I mean, just because. They're just a Loki or just a, um, a Scarlet, uh, yeah, oh, no, Sc- the Scarlet Witch. Where is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> this whole time, you say Scarlet, and I'm thinking Johansson. So this whole time, I'm thinking of a black. <laughs> I was kind of wondering about that, but yeah, I still think Hawkeye could work for either Johansson. Yeah, no, that'd be fine. No, let's Witch. make it work. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> No, okay, it, it's because no, yeah. you said they have chemistry, and actually they did in Civil War. Like, clearly they have some form of experience together. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, <laughs> maybe with that being said, ha- have Scarlet, have the story of Scarlet and Quicksilver then. Actually give it to us, because uh, there's no way that Avengers 2 was their first mission. Oh, give no. us. Give, yeah, give us some because I liked their chemistry as well. 
even though Quicksilver's Russian accent was awful. Both of their like, accents. Still, yeah. She and doesn't she, even use it anymore. No, yeah. The director was like, yeah, let's just... But, I mean, I'm down for whatever they do. I think if you do a Scarlet Witch show, you're gonna have to explain her powers a little bit. Just, like, at all. Please. Anything. Because right now, they're just gonna, like, she can do stuff. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. I guess. Ooh, you know what? By the time this DC streaming service is up and running, which is projected to be late next year, I think is the official launch, a certain Fox deal may have gone through that will let them use the M word. Ooh. I hadn't thought about that until just now. Ooh. So then maybe they can be like, hey, so they weren't Russian. <laughs> I mean, Maybe. they are Russian, but then you could at, at least make reference to her dad, which for those yeah. that don't know comic books, her father is actually Magneto, uh, the X-Men villain. So we say the M word. In the comics, her and her brother Quicksilver are mutants. But mutants is a whole terminology and verbiage that has been more or less exclusive to Fox in the whole X-Men universe. That's why their gifts weren't really referred to as mutant abilities or anything in Age of Ultron or any subsequent films. Um, I I forget what they called them, but yeah, they're supposed to be called mutants, but they don't call them that in in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I think it was a rights thing, but now they very well may be able to go down maybe like a House of M in the future because they'll have mutants <laughs> oh, under their banner. Yeah. Oh, man, and then have a Drake Bell come in and play play a live-action House of M Spider-Man. Oh, man. Okay, anyway. All right, cool. Yeah, You're just yeah. real hung I, up on Drake Bell Spider-Man. You don't understand! <laughs> he, he is uh, one of the best Spider-Mans of all time. He's, he's really great. But to be fair... House of M Spider-Man would work great for Drake Bell. Just yes. saying, age-wise, everything. But, yeah, moving on <laughs> before we just sit here and talk storylines about Marvel. Yes. So, uh, I referenced earlier a even better trailer than Captain Marvel from a very, very unlikely source. So, this trailer was for a movie that I was not really excited for that much just because... Uh, I don't really have connection to the franchise, yeah. but yeah. Um, the trailer for Mary Poppins Returns to me very well may be one of the best trailers of the year. Holy mm-hmm. cow, was that something of magic, dude? I so I don't know if you've noticed. I suspect you have, but I'm starting to notice this. Disney's doing something. That they've always done, granted, but they're doing it very well, which is bring magic, like like fun magic, back to movies. Example A, uh, Christopher Robin was the I I haven't I don't think it's out yet, but I haven't gotten to watch. Uh, I have everything that I've seen from the trailers is just pull, pulling at my heartstrings, don't but it still feels then. like childhood magic. And that's what I felt watching this movie because it would have been very easy to do a return of Mary Poppins movie and just ground it in reality. Yes. And they, they, uh, they like take it. They, they're like, nah, this is what Mary Poppins is. We're taking it to the cartoon world. We're taking it over here. <laughs> Mary Poppins is a doctor. 
You know what I mean? Like, just, it is, it's exactly what it needs to be. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And to your point, um, maybe you shouldn't see Christopher Robin then if you still have that high of hopes for the movie. Um, But yeah, Yeah. this movie, I was like, this is Mary Poppins. I wasn't a huge Mary Poppins fan as a kid. It just wasn't really my area of interest. However, when that 2D animation showed up, my heart just went, you need to see this movie right now. Because I thought that they wouldn't really keep that, that they would more or less modernize it, have some, like, modern CGI, do whatever else, but, oh, the fact that they went hand-drawn for some of this old-school stuff and looking just like the original just made my heart so happy to see. It was just, mm, it just and, felt and like Mary Poppins. The voice, the mannerisms, Emily Blunt seems like she's Mary Poppins. Yeah. And, oh, man, and then when she started to sing, I almost... I almost lost it because it was it was perfect. It was exactly what it needed to be. And like back to the two D animation part, like it would have been very easy just to do old school two D two D and just take the style that you did way back on the original and just use that. But it, everything looks bright. It pops. It's definitely two D animation, but it doesn't. There's, it feels alive at the same time. I don't. It's. I know it's just a trailer, and we've only gotten a small snippet. And obviously, I guess the 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 vibe I'm getting from you on Christopher Robin, a good trailer doesn't necessarily make a good movie. However, no. they got the however, Robin part. They got the Winnie the Pooh parts right. Yes. However, this trailer is just awesome and gets you hyped for a movie that you might not necessarily have been hyped for before. It's kind of the emotion that I got from this trailer was what I wanted. It was kind of hoping for from the Captain Marvel trailer. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, this is just one of the best trailers of the year. It was really, really good. I'm really excited to see this movie going forward. Um, we'll get more into trailers later. That'll be our main point of discussion today with some of the best trailers that we've ever seen. But segueing into something that Josh and I actually have a history with together, in fact, Avatar. Oh, man. um, Back in the day, we had this show. Well, not necessarily a show, but on the Uncharted Media main YouTube channel that most of these podcasts go on, we did these video segments called Five Good Things, where we would take five good things and try and find them in bad movies. And we tried to find it somewhat successfully in the last Airbender movie. And we did this because we love the original series. Well, we rejoiced in the streets today because it's coming back. But it's coming back in live action form, which makes me a little hesitant, except for the fact that the original showrunners are coming back. So we're getting a live-action Avatar TV show on Netflix by the creators of the original Avatar TV show. So, yeah. uh, First of all, Five Good Things has a special... will always have a special place in my heart. Um, I think that show was really just a love love affair with with Nick Cage because so many of them featured. um, Mainly because they're all, like, they're all pretty bad. But I think as we found... Not all terrible movies are completely hopeless, which was really cool. Anyway, regardless, Avatar's coming back, and M. Night Shyamalan is not involved at all. 
the original showrunners are involved, and that's that point there is what makes me excited. Because I didn't watch Death Note. I never was. I was never a fan. But seeing the backlash of that and the original creators not being, in, in, uh, you know, influencing on that, that to, that you know, I don't want that to happen to this. Because I mean, Avatar was a, like the first show for me growing up that I saw it after everything was done. And my friend happened to have all three seasons on DVD. And he was like, here, watch these. And I, I went through them in a couple days because it's such a good show. And if you haven't watched it, go check it out. If you write it off as a kid's show, you will, you are cheating yourself. Like Young Justice, that, it's a phenomenal yes, series for kids, yes, but it's an even better show for an adult. Bro, no, because there's parts of Avatar that just, they get you. And they're smart about their writing. They don't try to throw too much at you in the first season. Like, they, they want you to get to understand the world first. So, But regardless, we're not talking about the, the old show. We're talking about a live-action show. Um, I forget, uh, there was an image attached to the news that I saw yes, at least. it was concept art for the show. Okay. That's what I was going to ask, if that was the concept art for the show. Because if that is, oh, bro, let's go. Because that's all, you're already, like, on the right track. Yeah. Like, let's... That, that looked fantastic. I understand that was just Aang and Appa. Yes, it's pronounced Aang, you jerk. Um, mm. Oh, man. Getting flashbacks, man. This isn't good. Um, but I'm, I'm just nervous. I'm ju- I understand that the original show, the crew of the creators are involved. I'm just nervous because the last time somebody took on this property... <clears throat> They made it like so racist and so not. It was not fun at all, and it's, but it's Netflix and it's a TV show, so they can actually, uh, you know, dabble into the actual storytelling, and they don't have to rush through things. Yes, actually, that that was what I was going to get into. Was um, for to me, there's three things going in the favor for the show. It's it's Netflix who values <laughs> content. Like, good content. They care about putting a good product forward, by and large, in terms of their original <laughs> content. Um, Shyamalan is not responsible. But also, Shyamalan more or less tried to cram a whole season of TV into one movie. I think it's a benefit that this is a TV series because they'll have time to flesh things out. They can do more. They can... Flesh out the characters. They don't have to make them fit into a two-hour window. They can make this work. My question to you is, do you think they're going to just do a shot-for-shot remake of the show, or are they going to rewrite it? I could see some tweaks. I think the writers will look at this and go, okay, what worked before? What can we improve on? Um, yes. Th- there's very little that I think personally that I think they need to improve on from the original show. The yeah. original show's a masterpiece. But them as writers and creators, I'm sure there's things that they would have liked to change or at least tweak a little bit from the original show. Um yes. and just change things up just a little bit. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised I mean, if that's something that's on their mind. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And 
I mean, even making even with the original show, like yes, every TV show is going to have filler episodes. But the thing about Avatar was always they never felt like filler. Well, mostly nothing necessarily happened as far as the overall story, but it built the characters more and it built the world more. So I don't know, man, because there's really I'm trying to think of an episode that I would take away. If um, there was there's any that episode, one episode that was so hated by the fans that even the the show itself made fun of it in later seasons like replayed or I forget what episode it was, but there's one that's like historically bad in um, Last Airbender Circles. Well, but by and large, it's I, the only I, one episode. Yeah, I can feel. Yeah, it, there's gonna be some tweaks. I think I go fifty fifty on whether or not I would like just a shot for shot remake. Part of me thinks that would be real smart. Part of me wants to see what they can improve on and see if they can make it even better. Um, because obviously storytelling is different when you're doing a live action versus a action. Uh, yes, um, I completely agree. So, well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, um, just to me, make me care about the characters and get the casting right. Like, make it diverse. Yeah. Make it something make, something unique. Yes, get the races right. <laughs> yeah, that's a rabbit hole for another day. But whoo. Um, I, I think that was the most glaring issue was, and it's, you're going to have to, and you're right though, get the characters right, get the casting right. Cause really, if you don't get that right, fans of the original series will not care about the show. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think that's what we got for now. We details are still scarce on the show, but regardless, yeah. both of us are really excited. Um, I'm on the fence about this next topic. So we have our first official picture of Joker in the Joaquin Phoenix standalone Joker film directed by Martin Scorsese. Well, not Joker, Arthur. So Joker before he's Joker as a human named Arthur, I think Fleck? I don't know how I feel about this. I'm on the fence. I'm not excited. I'm not unexcited, if unexcited is a word for this movie. I'm... I'm indifferent entirely to it, but what do you think about this? Um, so off the bat, I think the thing that's interesting, and I don't know if it's good or bad, I'm going to lean more on good, is it doesn't seem like they're just going to do the the killing joke origin story. Okay. It doesn't seem like they're going that direction because we all know that one. It's like it's like the annoying part of getting a Batman movie is you know eventually there's going to be flashes of his parents. Parents dying. It's going to be somewhere. But I'm intrigued to see a different take because outside of the killing joke there is no origin story really for for the Joker. Yeah. Even then, Killing Joke is one of the possible ways that he could be Joker, yes. according to the comics. Because it's, it's not even, it's not considered canon. I mean, kind of like how uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker is not canon. And how, you know, he was there at the time of the murder of his parent, of Batman's parents, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it's just Killing Joke's the most widely accepted origin, so people kind of exactly. just roll with that. Exactly. 
And a lot of that, I think, is because of that it ties into a more technically current, um, like a modern timeline, even though that, that timeline is, is a, it's not, it doesn't exist in the, I guess, the technically that DC has all these convoluted storylines and whatever. Yeah. Um, because especially with the controversial, controversial, bleh, controversial ending of, the possibility that Batman kills him. But regardless, we're not talking about the killing joke. Um, I honestly, there's some, there's some photos of him smiling and I can see it. I can, I can kind of see the, the Joker smile. I can kind of see a little bit of the craziness. Now the picture where it's just him, like with toss, tussled hair and he's just kind of staring at the camera, kind of indifferent. I got not, I didn't really get anything from like, okay, fine, whatever. But it was the pictures of him, I guess, talking to a clown. I don't know. Um, but I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say excited, but I'm intrigued to see do what, think, where they're going to. Do you think that um, you're not supposed to have an emotional reaction to this picture? Like clearly the, that first Jared Leto Joker picture where he's like freaking out and he's seeing with all the yeah. tattoos and you get that bright shot of him. Yeah. That was supposed to elicit a response from fans of like, what do you think? I think this picture is supposed to make you just go, well, he's kind of quiet and unassuming. I don't know if I care about this because you're not yeah. supposed to care about this Joker yet because he's not a Joker. It, it's a story of how more or less you can be driven to the point of insanity. So I think it was intentional that he's so bland and forgettable. And maybe that's because the name Joker is attached to it. We have these expectations. Maybe like we are legitimately about to see, to get attached to a character and literally watch him go absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. Cause how, cause in some ways you're supposed to feel bad for Joker. Like what? Because and that was always kind of the, the 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 mystery of him was like he never knew what happened to him to drive him to be the way he is. But man, the emotional reaction to get attached to Arthur—if they can do that to us, get us attached to Arthur—and then just rip the 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 carpet out from under us. Oh man. That could I can see a really good movie coming out of that. But yep. then again, this is Warner Brothers, and I'm I'm gonna stay indifferent as long as possible. Yeah, I I'm still kind of on the fence. I'm not excited. I'm not disinterested entirely. I'm just I don't really know what to make of it. But we'll see. We'll keep following this movie. We'll see what developments we get in the coming weeks. Um, another DC project that may or may not happen. I'm not entirely positive this movie will happen because there's like a billion DC movies that have been announced, but yeah. more than likely aren't happening. Nightwing. <sighs> um, is Suicide <laughs> Squad 2, the script supposedly is done. Um, I'm not entirely positive that Suicide Squad 2 is coming out, but I have my fingers crossed that it does. Not because I like Suicide Squad, which I actually don't mind Suicide Squad. I just want Suicide Squad 2 to happen because of who they tapped to be the director. Oh my gosh. They got yeah. Gavin O'Connor, who directed one of, if not the most criminally underrated movie I've ever seen, Warrior. If you have not seen yes. Warrior, go out and see it. It is one of Tom Hardy's best performances. It's one of Joel Edgerton's best performances. It is amazing. 
And this guy clearly knows how to direct actors and direct roguish characters. And, oh, I just wanted to see him tackle Suicide yeah, Squad he, too. Yeah, he he definitely understands struggle and he understands emotion. So, um, I mean, I don't know what everybody was talking about with the with Suicide Squad one. I understand it definitely has its flaws, but I, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, Jared Leto's Joker's not perfect, but I mean, then We're again, good. I see there's sex, there's moments, there's moments that are just great. Like when he's talking to the when he's uh, not talking, um, interrogating the guard. Like just to me, he had a lot of potential, but because of the backlash, we'll never see where it could have gone. But that's a topic for another day. Um, regardless, uh, I think, so this movie, saying that the script is done means nothing. At the end of the day, I, the DC movies go through so many script changes. It, 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 to me, for them to be like, we got it. This is the script. I don't know, man, like not, and I can hear people, you know, like, Hey, like movie scripts change all the time. That's really normal. But like DC scripts, like completely change all the time. I, they got a good director. I'll be intrigued. Give, let them tell me what the cast is going to be. Then we'll, then we'll talk. Yeah. More or less just like, (laughs) One, if it if production on this actually starts, and I genuinely believe that this movie will start moving forward, then I may get excited. But for now, with DC literally just up in the air like a flying Grayson, ready to drop, I I don't know what the future is. So I is can't get too excited for this. Hmm. I said, is that before or after they get shot? <laughs> flying Graysons didn't get shot, dude. They fell. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> let's not argue flying Grayson slash Nightwing origin with the dude that literally has a Nightwing piggy bank. Oh man. I know. I know. So sibling <laughs> from DC back to quasi Marvel. We don't really know if this is connected to Marvel or not. Um, the Venom standalone movie has a rating, and it's angering some people because Venom will be rated PG-13. Josh, before I go into my thoughts, what are yours? I'm okay with it. Actually, same. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as big of a deal as people. some people might make it out to be. I understand it's Venom. Um, trust me, I get it. It's fine. I, it, he's supposed to be vicious, but you can tell that story in it with a PG-13 rating. I think going R makes you too much like Deadpool. Um, it gives you too much license to do whatever you want with the script. That's that's always been my one issue with Deadpool is I've always felt that it it kind of goes just a little too far, and like my line is pretty far over there. But I'm okay with this. Yeah. I think at the end of the day. With a product like Venom, it may it, in my opinion, it'll make you have to tell a story rather than have a bunch of flashy images of Venom destroying people. 
Yes. I rest assured, I still think Venom is going to be crap, but I don't <laughs> think the rating is the reason it's going to be crap. There's a great video I remember back in the day of people always complain about wrestling is this wouldn't be so bad if it was um, go back to the attitude era of TV 14. No, um, TV 14 wouldn't make it better. Making it TV PG isn't what makes it crap. It's crap because it's crap. The rating doesn't make it crappy. It depends on what you put in the film itself and saying, oh, this movie would have been so much better if it was R. It's just kind of a shield to hide behind bigger issues involved with the movie. I don't think this movie is going to be very good. That being said, I think I'm going to see it probably opening night or opening weekend just because I'm more curious if it's good. Awesome. If it's bad, hopefully it's so bad, it's awesome. We can do five good things about it. But I don't know. I haven't been won over by the trailers. But I don't think a PG-13 rating is the worst idea ever. And the rationale I heard, besides one, we can make more money out of it, is it's easier to integrate Spider-Man into future movies if it is PG-13 rather than Uh, that was Yeah, that was going to be my next point, is you can't integrate a Tom Holland Spider-Man into an R movie. You just can't. And really, say what you want about the Spider-Man world, the Spider-Man world is not rated R. It's it, that's not one of the products that you can do that with. It's it, it, at the end of the day, it's still a teenager. He's still like, yeah, there's intensity, but I mean, PG thirteen. We still saw saw Gwen Stacy snap her neck. Yeah, with, with Amazing Spider Man two. Say what you want about the movie, still PG thirteen. Still saw Gwen Stacy snap her neck. Granted, we could. I, I think you and I have discussed the ways to make that would have made that moment a little bit more impactful, but. Regardless. You know, let her fall. Yeah, yeah. Let her or let her fall, uh, or do the next snap in front of the on the bridge where he writes "I love you," and because his web dissipates, her neck snaps. You zoom out to see it. The "I love you" dissipate into the wind. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're kind of dark um, people, but yeah, we thought I mean, that would have been still, a dark. You can tell that story on a PG thirteen rating. You don't need an R. I, yeah. I think. There's very few times, in my opinion, that you have to go R. I think you go R, you do narrow your your audience a little bit. I think all of a sudden you have free reign on F-bombs. And, I mean, I cuss a lot in real life outside of this podcast. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I like F-bombs all the time in a movie. Doesn't when it's It'll take you out. It will take you out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like if it's out of context and I don't know, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. PG 13, I think is, it's just no big deal. That's fine. Why, why not? Yeah. I judgment until the movie comes out, but for now, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. So earlier we talked about, actually before we get into our main discussion topic, we got to keep up the sponsored running gag, I guess. Uh, this episode sponsored by yeah i don't know not the dc universe because they can't even sponsor themselves i got you this episode is sponsored by academy sports and outdoors the right price (laughs) i forget that slogan dang it man that would have been so great (laughs) are you at an academy parking lot right now well 
I don't have Wi-Fi at the house, so I'm sitting next to work, right, where I have Wi-Fi, and it's right in front of an account. <laughs> so, yeah. No, like, that's uh, just so you know, and so all the viewer, uh, the viewers, the listeners know, literally, anytime that you let me do the sponsor, I just look at whatever's around me in front of me, and I go with that. All right, Academy. <laughs> Sometimes you get a trailer that really knocks it out of the park. When you want to knock it out of the park, go to Academy Sporting Goods. Perfect. You're welcome, Academy Sporting Goods. And transitioning to our main topic of discussion today, best movie trailers. Me, I grew up loving movie trailers. I still to this day, if I'm more than 20 minutes late to a movie, no, not late, but like if I'm not there to a movie before 20 minutes before the movie starts, I'm late. I have to be there for the pre-show. I have to see all the previews. I love trailers. I'm sure it drives the rest of my family insane. But to me, I have to see trailers. Like, they come out, um, like, in theaters. So, we have a plethora of great trailers. Offhandedly, what are some of your best memories of trailers? And what do you think are some of the all-time great trailers? Okay. Um... Okay, off the off the cuff, the most recent one that I can think of was the first Force Awakens trailer. I where um with the uh, the Millennium Falcon and golly, like seeing that in a packed, seeing that trailer in a packed theater was the best. Everyone was like, oh. Let's go. Yeah, we're all ready. Like, bring the movie. Come on. <laughs> yep. See grown men cry at the sight of a ship and a hairy guy yeah. and yes. Chewbacca. It was awesome. It was, yeah. It, that was my most recent vivid memory was that one. Because, yeah. I mean, really, if I'm honest with you, um, I didn't start going to movies until Cars 1. Like, really? It just, In 2006? Yeah. Yes. So I've only been going to the movies and really like keeping up with movies since then. Really? And that just wow. I feel like I want to say like I remember going to Narnia, like the first one. Um, Two thousand five like Christmas. Yeah. So that, but that was like a church event, and we had like free tickets or something like that. And then I remember going to Cars, and that was that was about it. Like early anything else, we like watched it at home. Like I think like the first time I ever saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy was at my uncle's house. And he was like, the only way we're doing this is we're watching the extended, extended editions and we're doing this back to back to back. I was like, darn right. I mean, I was like 14 at the time or whatever, however old I was. And I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, you're my uncle, you know, better than me. And he's ruined me now. Cause I legitimately can't watch the Lord of the Rings series without watching the extended editions. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. So I haven't been watching movies that long. Um, so really, like that's that's a vivid memory for me of Force Awakens. Um, trying to think if anything else like really pops into in, my head. In terms of recent trailers, there's one that always sticks out to me. Of holy cow, that is how you make a trailer, and that was the first trailer for Logan of song yeah, fit perfectly with um, way down, and it was like. Oh, this is something different, man. Yes. I Okay, yeah. I remember that one. Um, what else was... I'm trying to... 
it's really funny too because once you start keeping up with trailers it's it's hard to remember all that you watch um at least for me i i feel like that's different for you but still um geez you talked about it earlier um that first christopher robin trailer while i didn't like the movie i gotta admit that first trailer yes he's like what to do what to do and he sits on the sits on the bench and then all of a sudden, Pooh's voice c- comes in. You're like, "What is this?" Oh man, it was good. It was so good. Um, I want to say the first Lone Survivor trailer got me, but that was, I think, more because I watched the, um, I read the book. Oh, okay. Uh, same thing with the Perks of Being a Wallflower trailer. Um, that trailer actually got me excited and interested, and I went and read the book before the release of the movie. So I read the book and then went to the theater because of the trailer. That's, um, that's actually was my experience with Ready Player One. Of The trailer showed Iron Giant. I was like, nope, that's all I need. Where's the book? I need it now. <laughs> Yeah, and I still haven't watched that movie. So, um, and that's not because I don't. It's not because I don't want to. Um, oh, speaking of Iron Giant, every any time you and I need a pick me up, I watch the uh, the Iron Giant trailer because oh, it gets me. Dude, it, the trailer for me. the signature edition is just beautiful. It really is. Um, I'm trying to think because like really the art of trailers. Like hasn't been around that off that for that long. I no. mean, because it used to be back in the day. Like, because I've seen trailers of old school movies, like uh, like Seven and stuff like that. They're just like, hey, so these people are in the movie. This is the storyline. Come see it. Yeah, I think a the, good rec- another good recent one besides Logan was um, A Quiet Place. That is one of the only yeah. times that every time I saw the trailer in theaters, the whole crowd shut up real quick and like sat on the edge of their seat and made you pay attention, which is a great trailer to me if you make your audience pay attention. Yeah, so I think there's a trifecta there, for me anyway. The, uh, the A Quiet Place, um, Lights Out, and Don't Breathe. For me, those three trailers were, were really good. Um, I remember enjoying those quite a bit and those, those, I was going to see the movie regardless, but those movies, those trailers really got me like amped to go see this. I think the art of trailers is done better by horror movies and maybe that's because they almost have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think they do their trailers differently. Yes. The, the new Halloween trailer, the first one was fantastic to me. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about the most recent one. I enjoyed that. You weren't as big a fan. Yeah, it, and that just comes down to rapid editing that I don't think will actually have been the film, but I'm, I'm still excited for it. Um, I think one of my fondest memories, and I have many when it comes to trailers, big shocker there, um, and big shocker here was the trailer for Man of Steel of all things that original teaser trailer which is hard to find nowadays but you can, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube before there's any like real footage or anything you just see the clips of bearded Clark Kent of Henry Cavill just walking around the woods and there was two versions to this trailer there was the um, Pa Kent version where he's more or less like telling him um, you're going to be a 
good man someday and then it fades to black and then it shows him breaking the sound barrier when he's flying but the version that i fell in love with that i was like i need to see this movie this is incredible is it's all the exact same footage except this time it's narrated by jor-el who gives him that fantastic speech that almost like after the first time i was like i need to memorize this this is a great monologue and it was the whole you will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. To me, that's actually really indicative of the DC Universe itself. Get Superman right and let him be your guide and everything else will fall into place. It really will. But what made that trailer special to me is... The music that they use is actually the music for when Gandalf dies in Fellowship of the Ring. And that's just beautiful piece of music right there, coupled with Russell Crowe's amazing narration and very striking visuals of, like, kid Clark Kent running around wanting to be a superhero, him struggling to find his way in the world. That got me super excited for Man of Steel. That was one of the best teaser trailers I've ever seen. And it helps to have Russell (laughs) Crowe. Well, unless you're lame is. I'm trying to think, man. I don't, again, and I feel bad for this, but like, I, I can't think of a lot of trailers. I want to say Conjuring 2. Conjuring 2 trailer was pretty good. Um, I got my butt, butt in the seat. Um, I remember um, the first Avengers trailer, that first one that showed everybody that yeah. that got everybody psyched up. The infamous circle shot where they all like land and they're all like ready. Like that's start. I will give them this. The build to Avengers one will never be duplicated ever. It was so good. And if you know me, you know me how, how, how bitter I am towards Marvel movies and even really bit. Yeah, because I, I think they could. There, there's a line they don't seem to want to cross, but like in order to take your storytelling to another level, go there. But whatever. Um, regardless, that build and then seeing that circle shot in action for the first time was the best. Was some of the best movie experience. Like I'll never forget that ever. Yeah, I so good. <sighs> I still get chills because the music swells of back when that was the only real good piece of memorable Marvel music was the Avengers theme, which thankfully they brought back for um, Infinity War. But seeing that shot and just going, holy cow, they did it. They made an amazing team-up movie. And actually, the summer of 2012 when Avengers came out was interesting to me because everyone was excited for Avengers Except for me. I was excited for Avengers, but I was more excited for The Dark Knight Rises, which was one of the trailers that I I promise you I had seen more than any other trailer. I watched that <laughs> way too much. That original one where um, Gary Oldman's Commissioner Gordon is sitting in a hospital bed with Batman. Well, not even Batman. Bruce Wayne talking to him about, like, what if Gotham doesn't need Batman anymore? And all Commissioner Gordon says is like, he has to come back. He must. He must come back. And then you get like the awesome rapid zoom up from the building and you yes. see the Batman logo. And I'm like, dude, I need to see this now. Because the Dark Knight for me 
is one of the single most influential movies in my life. It made me a film fan. So to follow that up, I was like, I need more. I need more of this universe. And granted, Dark Knight Rises, to me, somewhat disappointed. But the anticipation was amazing. One of my favorite things about big budget movies that haven't been around for a while, like Halloween or um, Force Awakens, it's just the anticipation. And that's why I love trailers. They get you ready. They get you excited for a property yeah, and that you I may mean, not have had could, for a really long time. We could discuss Bat- Dark Knight Rises another day because I think you know how I feel about it. But yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, offhandedly, I don't. Yay or nay? You don't know how I feel about the Dark Knight Rises? I, I don't know if I've ever heard that rant. If it is a rant, is Bro, it yay or nay? I think it is absolute trash. <laughs> really? I definitely think it's, it's the weakest all of the trilogy. Very good looking trash. <laughs> I think it has a lot of plot holes, but it, it does wrap up all the things that it needs to. But yes, this this is absolutely a discussion for another I think, day. Okay. I'm going to tell you the same phrase that I tell everybody when they ask me why I don't like it. Here's our storyline for The Dark Knight Rises. I don't want to be Batman, but we need Batman. So I'm going to be Batman. Okay, I'm Batman again. Oh, no, my back's broken. I can't be Batman anymore. I've got to work at being Batman. Okay, I'm going to be Batman now. I'm Batman now. I appear on the other side of the world somehow. I'm Batman. Oh, no, Batman's gone. I don't want to be Batman anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll have to talk about this at length in another episode. I'm very much excited to have that discussion, but can we at least agree that Batman Begins is the most rewatchable of the trilogy? Yeah, totally. I mean, to me, it's uh, it goes Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and then rises somewhere down there. Batman Begins, I feel like, doesn't get the credit it deserves a lot because Dark Knight was so good. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it on the same level as Dark Knight, but it's still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back, another trailer, I don't know why this stuck with me so well. Maybe it was just an influential time in my life. It must have, I think it was either junior high or high school. I remember the movie came out either 2009 or 2010. The trailers for Tron Legacy, of all things, got me so hyped. I was yes. so ready for that movie. I remember this. I do remember that trailer. <laughs> the world looked this, so slick, so gorgeous. Really the aesthetics did. were amazing. And really, okay, to be fair, the movie itself is not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's kind of not dull, good but it's not bad. Yeah. Yes, and... And de-aged Jeff Bridges looks weird. Um, but yes. Normal Jeff Bridges uh, no, looks no, weird. I, <laughs> fair. Excuse me. But I agree. Like, I remember vividly being like, I have to see this movie now. I have no emotional connection to Tron, but I have to see this movie now. And I don't think I went and saw it in the theaters, but whatever. <laughs> I did, and I hadn't seen the original Tron at the time yet, so I was so lost. I was so confused. Oh, and yeah. then when I went back and watched the original, guess what? I was still confused because, yeah, I don't, uh, Tron, I don't get. I get that it's very visually impressive and ahead of its time, probably a little too ahead of its time for when it originally came out. But, yeah, the visuals for that, it made, me one, it made it one of the most anticipated movies ever for me, and I got way too hyped for that, but... Oh, those are some amazing trailers. And curse you, Daft Punk, for your amazing soundtrack. 
<laughs> I think, and maybe this is a theme for us that we're, we're, we're hitting here is that sometimes, and I think we said it earlier tonight or today, or in this podcast, whatever, um, that just because a trailer is fantastic doesn't mean the movie is going to be good. Fantastic. Because, <laughs> yeah, well, that trailer has a Mitty whole Chlorian life of its really... own, man. That that Phantom Menace trailer has a whole story linked to it of people lining up for bogus movies like Meet Joe Black just to see the trailer for Phantom Menace. Yeah. I distinctly remember yeah. the first trailers for Attack of the Clones being attached to Monsters, Inc. and going to see Monsters, Inc. repeatedly just for the Attack of the Clones preview. Yes. I remember, so... For those three movies, after the first one, the next two, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, came out literally the week of my birthday. So for the next two years, next years, that's when my parents were like, okay, what do you want to do for your birthday? Well, I was like, well, Star Wars is coming out. so It's like what, May 15th what, or May 19th, 2005 was Revenge of the Sith? Okay, so same month as my birthday. Anyway, because um, my birthday is May 5th. But so I, regardless, I mean, as a kid, you're usually too busy anyway to have your birthday to, on the week of. So whatever. Regardless, they're like, what do you want to do for your birthday? Well, Star Wars comes out this month. OK, well, that's not going to be on your birthday. I don't I don't care. I want to go see Star Wars with like my friends. OK, cool. So they would buy tickets, you know, for 10 of us or something like that. I forget how many kids came. But um, and we all went and saw them. And I was disappointed by both of them. But that's OK. Uh, yeah. So with Star Wars previews, this was like 99 was Phantom Menace, 2002 was Attack of the Clones, and 2005 was Revenge of the Sith. All before internet to kids like us at the time. So yeah. basically it was whatever you found, whenever you found a trailer, it was on TV. I got real good at listening on all the TVs in the house to go, Okay, where am I going next to possibly catch a Star Wars trailer? Or like my parents would yes. be like, Nathan, Star Wars trailer's on. And I'd run to the next room just to catch it because I yeah. needed a Star Wars trailer and I didn't have internet yes. at the time. So I needed to catch it well, on and TV. Really, like, there was no place on the internet to put those kinds of things. So, like, I mean, obviously we had the internet. Like, that's, that's not the issue. The issue was like, there was no YouTube. I mean, it was stupid videos back then. That was, that was just a glad website. things have changed. Yes. Uh, what was it? Uh, Jim job. I remember hearing that before every video and it was hilarious every time. I don't know why, but yeah, no, like there was no real place for to go be like, okay, well I'm going to go into this engine and search for trailers. Cause there was no place. They, you know, you didn't have any kind of online community that did that kind of thing. Yeah. Like you had to wait like a month or two before a movie came out and then you get all these trailers on TV. I remember Saturday morning cartoons on the Yu-Gi-Oh movie came out and I remember counting because even I got sick as a kid watching the Yu-Gi-Oh trailer because I watched maybe two hours of Saturday morning cartoons one time and I counted seven, seven of the exact same Yu-Gi-Oh the movie TV commercial for the movie. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to see this movie in theaters. But I'm sick of seeing this commercial seven times in my yeah. cartoons. Yeah, get get over yourself. Come on. But but I mean, but back in the day, that was the only avenue. Well, besides showing it in the theaters, like mm-hmm. so. I I mean, I understand, and 
you know, that's why, like, when we talk about movies in the past that, you know, they didn't do well because of the marketing team. Well, some, like, outside of maybe probably before 2000, I think, is what I'm, is the date I'm going to go with. Um, really, like, where else, where do you put your trailer other than in a theater and on TV? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, like, and how do you get awareness out? Like, I vividly remember going to a movie um, at one time, and uh, what was it? It's a Zach Braff film. Uh, a guy was like handing up. Yes, actually, a guy in front of the AMC theater in the mall right by my house was handing out flyers for Garden State. Flyers, like, hey, flyers. I, I am dead serious. Handing out flyers, and was like, "Hey, this movie's coming here," because Garden State, I think, was a limited re- release. I wouldn't be surprised. So, I wouldn't be surprised either. It was a Zach Braff film, so yeah. whatever. I mean, I like, I happen to like his films a lot. I also like, I don't, but I'm a niche guy. I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson as well, so I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. But regardless, I have vivid memory of getting a couple flyers, like, because he was there like almost every day for a couple weeks, handing out flyers for Garden State. Like just to make sure that people in this area knew that it was coming here. So it was like uh, to think how far the movie industry has come, you know, in 18 years is just incredible to think to me. And while I was thinking of trailers, I was thinking of movies that had bad trailers that ended up being really good movies. And to me, the epitome of that is the entirety of the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. I hated every single one of those trailers for all three of those movies, yet I love every single Kung Fu Panda movie. Okay. Oh, you want to talk about good trailers real quick. I am sorry. I don't know why I have forgotten these, but every trailer for every single single edition of How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, completely agree absolutely incredible and the movies are absolutely incredible and you haven't watched them what are you doing with your time like seriously watch these movies um the score is literally you haven't seen them i have not i'm probably gonna binge them before the third one because the third one looks incredible oh dude i'm so ready for the third one i listen to the score by its i'm I'm turning it to you nathan I listen to the score on its own all the time because it's so good. You say that like it's a bad thing. I listen to movie scores like daily. I know, but it's it's just new to me, man. Like you don't understand. I don't, a whole I new to- world. You, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> that is the first um, and only time you'll hear me attempt to sing on this podcast. <laughs> really? You sure? I think I'm gonna spend the rest of this hot time of every single future episode of trying to get you trying to get you to sing. That's not um, but no, seriously, did. no, no, this is the thing I'm going to do now. Um, but check them out. Seriously. They are incredible. You want to talk about a good story, take a concept that does not work on paper and run with it. Like, holy I mean, yeah, but even more so though, because really like dragons and Vikings should not be on a, like in a scene together ever. Like, that doesn't make sense at all. So, I mean, but then again, 
Kung Fu Panda. I, t- I guess maybe because I grew up with the Redwall books. I'm so like, yeah, like animals that talk to each other and have their own world. I'm, I'm cool with that. Wow, that's really digging deep into your bag of tricks. They were pulling out Redwall. That's a name I have not heard in a long time. Long time. It's a book series I would have loved to see into a movie, but we will never see. Was there like an animated series or something on like PBS or something at one point or another? Yeah, they did one. They did several episodes from one book, uh, Matthias. And it's it's one of my favorite of the series. Matthias is very good. However... Mm -hmm. It was done against the wishes of Brian, the the author. His biggest, his I think I can't remember if he's passed or not. But one of his one of the conditions from his department, or his department, his society, or whatever the things that the things that hold his intellectual property containing Redwall, was they cannot be t- changed into a visual media because <clears throat> he wrote the books originally for. Uh, deaf and blind kids really so yeah originally and that's why like you go read them go back and read them now you can tell how like with how descriptive they are certain words that he uses the way he can use other like simpler words but he uses certain very specific phrasing to set up and form this picture in your head he basically doesn't didn't want it to turn into a visual media because then the people that he would that he wrote the books for would be ostracized. Hmm. That's really interesting. The more you know, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a Redwall nerd. So anyway, uh, let's move on. Um. <laughs> yeah, do we have any, like, last trailers that we can really think of off the top of our heads? I'm, like, looking at my movie wall and be like, <clears throat> did you have a good trailer? Did you have a good trailer? No, not really. Like, not that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure if we sat here and talked for another hour, that we would just happen upon a few that we were like, "Oh yeah, like that's like yeah, that one's good." That oh, one was okay. Good. Um, not necessarily any trailer in particular, but I think for the closing discussion, for you personally, what makes a good trailer? I mean, at the core, it has to get me excited for the movie, and what that looks like is going to be different. Depend, uh, from movie to movie. Um, let's take, yeah, let's go with How to Train Your Dragon 1, for example, okay? So you take a concept that, first of all, doesn't work, in my opinion, doesn't work on paper, and then you have to pitch it to the normal people, right? Um, who, which at, at the time, like, dragons were, like, what, what dragon movie do you have before that, the, first, the first How to Train Your Dragon? Like um, what's dragon. that one with Sean Connery? Yeah, like nothing good. Aragorn? <laughs> <There's> nothing... <laughs> yeah, this, like, I'm going to say it again. No, it wasn't Inkheart. It was Dragonheart. Not Dragonheart. I'm going to say it again. Nothing good. <laughs> nothing really good. You know what I mean? So you're going into this already with people being like, all right, you got dragons in your movie. That's cool, I guess. Like, I don't know. So they, and then you have Vikings, which at the time, like nobody was, nobody was doing Vikings. Um, so, I mean, you take two concepts that nobody really is doing or doing well and just throw them together. And then you go watch that first trailer and you're like, at least in my opinion, it's, it's very good. It gets you set. It gets, sets up the world a little bit. 
doesn't tell you what doesn't beat you over the head with the, the story doesn't ruin everything for you or make you feel like it ruined everything for you. Um, cause a movie can do that. I remember, um, the trailer for the last Jedi made a lot of people feel that they gave everything away. Batman v Superman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, last Still Jedi. I haven't forgiven them for that. I will never forgive them for that. But, um, for me personally, a good trailer is yeah. Something that gets me excited to see the movie. Um, good visuals doesn't give away too much of the story, but for me, I am discovering I'm more of an auditory person. I like good sound editing in a trailer. Like take um, the Infinity War trailer. I was already excited for Avengers. You didn't really have to hard sell me on anything for that. But the music when they like chime in the Avengers theme, I'm going, oh, I haven't heard this in a long time. I'm down for this or like. The Halloween trailer. You know I'm a Halloween fan. So when they start playing the classic Halloween, do-do-do-do-do-do, not just that, but some of the older themes that we haven't heard since the first Halloween movie, that kicks into my brain. I'm going, you're touching a nerve. I like the nerves that you're touching. So keep doing that. I, I like music, good sense of music, but it doesn't have to be music. Case in point, we talked about A Quiet Place earlier. That's got, like, no music, and that's perfectly executed for the trailer for the movie, and I love that when there's good sound mixing. Sound, to me, is so underappreciated in movies and in trailers in general. That's an aspect of filmmaking that people overlook of, like, what you see on screen is only telling half the story. So I'd like to listen to what's happening in trailers and movies as well. And if you get really good sound design in your trailer, that's half the battle for me. And with that, I think we've more or less covered everything there is to cover in terms of trailers. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for movie news, trailers, and anything else. That'll about do it for episode three. Let us know in the comments below um, what you guys think about the Captain Marvel trailer, the Mary Poppins trailer, Joker, anything else in the world of movie news for this past week. Um, your thoughts on movie trailers in general, your favorite, your least favorite. Just let us know. We love hearing from you guys. Um, yeah. Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.